live from Atlanta, Georgia. It's the Zap Ballinger Show, where we help you find your directions, your passion, and purpose. My name is Zap Ballinger. I'm your host. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We are streaming live via YouTube. If you're out there and you have questions for my guests, please enter those into the comment box. We'll make sure to get to them. Before any episode, you guys can always email me, Zach at ZachBallinger.com. We can make sure to ask those questions. We're excited today. We have a brand new career library episode for you. This makes over 80 episodes added to our career library. Tyler, thank you so much for joining the show. Oh, Zach, it's an absolute joy and a pleasure. I'm looking forward to this. So Tyler, tell me a little bit about your career. So my career is uh, an odd one, one that most people don't know about, and that's being a safety professional. And there's actually a lot of facets, the subgenres of being a safety professional. I myself am a auditor, speaker, and trainer. So I talk about safety. I go in and I look at people's safety programs and see if they're doing the things that they said they were going to do. And then I get the, the extreme joy and pleasure to instruct uh, various safety uh, materials to clients and, and instruct classes on how to be safe and do the things that they want to do. Okay. So now when you say safety, so do, are you talking about, you know, fire safety? Are we talking about, you know, corporate security? What, what kind of specific safety do you mean? So that's a really good question. I mean, uh, so for me, I specialize in general safety systems. So overall health and safety management systems, how does one put together an entire uh, corporate directive that encompasses things like security, fire, um, hazard assessment, and how do we put that all together? How do we make it one homogenous working unit? Um, one of the things that I often instruct is that your corporate culture is your safety culture and your safety culture is your corporate culture. A lot of times we try to silo these things and say one thing is one thing, um, but actually your entire system has to work together within your corporate values. So your corporate culture is your safety culture. That makes sense. So, you know, like companies have different protocols for all different kinds of events that may happen in their building. So I'm assuming that's what you mean by general safety, just an all encompassing approach. And you're kind of ahead of that. Yeah. So what I will do is part of my job when I'm um, facilitating the beginnings of a health and safety system. So when we're putting one together, we look at, first of all, what is the corporate directive? What is the commitment from the top to safety. What do they want to see in the safety program? What are the roles and responsibilities at the various levels from senior management on down to the worker, including visitors and contractors? Then we look at what are the hazards in the workplace? What, what could come up and what is dangerous? What is the jobs that people do? And what are the various hazards present with those jobs? And then we come up with control measures. How do we make sure that what we're doing, we're doing safely and that the hazards we've identified are either minimized or eliminated. And then we look at other uh, processes. So do we need to have a health and safety committee? What are we doing for emergency response? What statistics are we doing? How do we track and measure our program? What are we doing for inspections? What are we doing if something goes wrong and how do we investigate that? What is our investigation protocol? What are we doing for emergency response? So do we have a fire drill in place? Do we know what to do in the event of a gas leak, earthquake, tornado? All of the various hazards that we've identified, the high hazard ones usually lead us to our emergency response. So it, it goes on and on and on. It's actually a fascinating puzzle and, and really an interesting vocation to get into because there's so many facets of it. How did you get into this? Jumping out of windows. 
<laughs> so for a while, I was a, a, an actor and a performer. I started in film and television when I was very, very young. Got into theater when I was six and film and television a little bit after that. And uh, when I got into my early 20s, I used to do a lot of stunt work. And stunts was a, a fascinating and fun thing to do. I am by no means a stunt professional. I am an actor who used to do stunts and I got to work with some incredibly gifted and talented stunt professionals. Um, but one of the things that I specialized in when I was doing stunts was high falls. So jumps from about 30 to 60 feet into uh, box platforms. And it was a really, really fun job. But when I retired from doing acting at 25, good 19 year career that I had, um, I went back to school. I got an engineering degree and started my own business and when you start your own business one of the things that usually you're mandated to do whether legislatively or by a client is to put together a health and safety management system and so i had to go and learn all of this stuff about safety and my first business unfortunately didn't go as well as the rest of the businesses that i put together and it, it collapsed very rapidly and a friend of mine reached out to me who is a much smarter businessman than i am and said, listen, I need a, a safety officer. And you have all this training that you took to get your safety protocols in place. If you take these two other courses and I'll pay for them, you can be a national construction safety officer and go up and, and be my on-site safety guy. I said, okay, well, let's do that. So I took these other two courses, got my designation, and it's it rapidly learned that the National Construction Safety Officer designation is just the, the low totem pole. There's so many other safety designations and so much more training that you can do as far as being a safety professional goes. But I got introduced to it that way. And I realized very rapidly that I knew a lot about safety because of the work that I had done in film and television, because of what I had done with stunts, that... Um, you know, engineering controls made sense to me. Administrative controls made sense to me. The PPE made sense to me. Why we put these systems together and the importance of training and the importance of having good communication. All of these things that we talk about in elements of safety, I already knew from film. And, and it just, it was an instant translation. And then I am very lucky in that having a performing background, I am able to articulate a lot of these concepts very easily to uh, what is typically an unreceptive audience. People don't like talking about safety, right? If I'm going to have a safety meeting, this is the look that most people get when they get invited to it. <sighs> so it, I, I like to bring a little bit of flair, a little bit of um, professionalism that they don't normally see and make, make it engaging again. Such a fascinating really story about transitioning from a career to one to the other. Um, that I, I didn't know where you were going with that with jumping out of windows, but that that's a pretty <laughs> fascinating uh, uh, transition there. Now, since you kind of touched on it, let me go ahead and ask that question. Let's say somebody out there is interested in this type of career. What kind mm -hmm. of degree certification do people need to begin to get into this line of work? That's a really good question. So the first thing is, is it really depends on where in the world 
you are. Um, there are various standards, various certifying boards. So in the United States, there's OSHA and that kind of dictates what health and safety looks like. And then there are various um, governing bodies that will cover it. So where I'm at, there are 13 certifying partners. There's various designations. Um, for me, the main two that I deal with are the Alberta Construction Safety Association, which allows you to be a national construction safety uh, officer. There's also a national certifying board, the, um, the CRSP and the Board of Canadian Registered Safety Professionals. There's a very similar thing in the United States, which is um, uh, certifying safety professionals. Uh, so it, honestly, the first thing to do is to Google um, safety uh, board, safety certifying partner, and then enter your state or your country because when we get into Europe, there's various other standards um, and you get into CE and ISO standards and there's just, there's so many different places and paths to start with. Um, even simply, if you're interested in it and you're employed in a company right now, you probably have a health and safety committee. So even just starting with that, how do I get on the safety committee? How do I volunteer to learn some of this stuff? Because you, as, as part of being on a safety committee, you often need a base level of training. So then they provide you the training so that you understand some of these concepts up front. Awesome. Thank you for explaining that. What do you love about your job? I love that it has real world impact. I love that I can say that if I've done my job correctly, I have prevented an injury. I've prevented an incident. I could have potentially uh, even prevented a fatality. Um, people don't understand the devastating impact that a workplace fatality has, or even just a simple, um, if it, it, you don't have to die, like it doesn't have to be a fatality, but any kind of incident um, can have long standing effects. I know my father passed away uh, when I was six years old, and it was work related in that he was fatigued after 10 days of 16 hour shifts and uh, was in a single vehicle motor uh, vehicle incident. And, you know, that changed my entire family's life overnight. My mom was a widower with a six-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, the my father was an entrepreneur and at the time he was starting a restaurant and so they didn't quite have the right insurance in place so you know we didn't even we didn't even have insurance as a safety net at that point and that's just one i i think globally there's millions of fatalities every year and to know that my work has the ability to prevent that that i am the front line that i have the ability to literally change lives and to have impact to make sure that people go home, right? We work for a living. We don't live to work. And we, if there's no point in going to a job, if you can't return home that evening and enjoy the fruits of your labor and spend time with your family and go and play and do your hobbies and the things that bring you joy, the reason you're working for that money. Uh, so to have real world impact is one of the greatest gifts that this job and this career has. Awesome. That's it's a great, great story, how you relate it back to your own family experience. Now, on the flip side, this may be difficult for some people to answer. Other people answer it very fast. 
But what's some of the difficulties in your job that people should know? You know, obviously, if you love your job, there's always still challenges. What's some of the biggest challenges? Uh, so there's a few. A, staying up on the latest trends, the um, legislation is always changing. This year has really brought to light how rapidly just um, any kind of legislation changes and, and introduction of new methods and new methodology. It's, it's, it's rapidly evolving and staying on top of that can be daunting at times. And the, the other side is, is nobody right now, there's a very negative attitude towards safety. Safety is often looked as uh, an infringement on productivity. And particularly in the fields that I spe specialize in. So I'm looking at construction, manufacturing, oil and gas. Uh, oil and gas is really good at having safety systems in place, but there's still this, it slows us down attitude as opposed to finding the efficiencies and where safety is actually effective in helping you be more productive. And so if somebody does want to get into this line of work, you have to be very, very good at communicating to multiple parties because there are a lot of players that get involved and you need to be in a boardroom one minute and talking to a C-suite and suits and ties. And the very next minute you're on the floor with blue collar workers and lunch pails and your language needs to change, your communication styles need to change. Um, and so you need to really be fluid in the language that you're using quite often. Now, let's say, you know, I always encourage my audience, whether they be millennials or students, to do perceptorships. Uh, during the pandemic, that's been a little bit challenging, but as things open up, um, people are still starting to get out there. But one of the venues they can use are these interviews to learn and go behind the scenes with you. So let's say, somebody's job shadowing you, they wake up with you in the morning and then they leave the office or whatever you're doing at the end of the day. What does a typical day look like for you? Uh, so that's one of the beautiful things about my job is I don't have a typical day. Uh, if I'm doing auditing, a uh, day would typically look like um, checking the interview schedule for the day, the observation schedule, um, reviewing documents. So we, I need to know, first of all, what client I'm going to, if they are multiple sites, what site I'm going to, and then traveling to that site, knowing if I'm going to be interviewing people, uh, what questions to ask, if I'm going to be doing observations, what, what do I need to look at? Am I looking for compliance? Am I looking for specific types of personal protective equipment? Am I looking for certain controls? Am I looking for evidence that corrective actions from inspections or investigations have been implemented? So making sure that I have organized paperwork. So doing a, a, a little bit of admin at the beginning of the morning and then traveling to wherever I'm going, be it by airplane, helicopter, truck, however I'm getting there, boat. I've, I've been uh, shuttled and ferried across a few times in watercraft. And so you really have to um, be adaptable. So if that, you know, that would be a, a day auditing for me. Um, if I'm doing safety speaking, then it's a little bit nicer because then I get to, you know, plan where I'm at. I wake up at the hotel, usually get picked up by a shuttle somewhere, uh, go to a, a nice office or presentation area, 
and uh, prep myself for an hour or two, enjoy some really nice craft services, which is the snacks that they put out in the green room, and uh, and then go on and and take the stage and answer questions and and be available to um, you know just be a knowledge resource for people. And then on a, on a training day, training days are the really fun ones because they incorporate everything. And on a training day, uh, typically you're getting to wherever your training facility is early in the morning, probably six or seven, prepping the room to make sure that all of the materials that you need for that training session are in place, whether those are workbooks or pens, pencils, make sure that your AV is working if you've got some kind of presentation, uh, even making sure that you have dry erase markers and not permanent markers and that they erase off. All of those things are you check and then take attendance, make sure that your students are, are in and then, you know, just instruct and be a resource for people. And at the end of the day, answer questions and, and send them on their way. So there, it really honestly depends on the day and, and each day is unique and, and a really wonderful experience. No, you did a great job walking us through that. I know it's always challenging because, you know, no matter who I interview, they always say, well, it depends on the day, but you did a really good <laughs> job explaining um, what happens there. Now you did kind of mentioned it early on when you were talking, so I may already have it down, but um, just to ask you the question, because I always ask this, my guests the same question, when you were a little kid, so it could be, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade, what did you dream about being? An actor. I was going to be an actor from the day I was born. It was, it was a passion performing arts of mine, and I did it uh, again professionally from the time I was six to, well, I still... Um, dabble in the hobby. Uh, I'm actually going to be on set uh, tomorrow, which will be a, a fun little uh, side gig. But I only I, I, I audition very seldomly now. But from six to twenty five, the dream, the goal. When I was a young man, I wanted to be uh, a professional actor. Yeah, because I noticed. You know, I was remembering back. You said at six years old, you got into acting career, and then you know, uh, then you went to get your engineering degree. Now. Um, you know, for your story, I love because I, I talk a lot about it in my book is that first of all, you did pursue your passion, which in the beginning was acting. And then when you kind of, you know, either a figured out that you needed to go in a different direction or, you know, you had had, it, which one was it? Was it, you know, I had had enough of the acting where, you know, I don't want to full pursue this full time. I've kind of lived through my passion. I've done this for this many years, or was it, it's time to transition to something. What made you decide to transition? I guess is my question. You know, it was, it was a little combo of everything. Actually. Um, when I, the nice thing is, is I've been doing it for so long. Like when I, I started in grade one and, and it was fun. It was fun. Fun. I got to play dress up. I got to meet cool people. I got to get applause, standing ovations. If nobody's ever gotten a standing ovation, it's one of the things that I do in my workshops. I make sure that everybody gets a chance to get up on stage and feel what it's like to have a crowd rise to their feet and just cheer them on because it's, it's the most amazing feeling that anyone can have. It's just, it's awe inspiring. And so I, I had had all that and it was fun to do. And I, I'll never forget the day um, when, towards the end of my official acting career, I, ha I was based out of Vancouver 
and living in a town called Penticton. And that was about a three and a half hour commute between them. And Penticton's a beautiful place to be. Um, it's surrounded by lakes and mountains and it has beautiful weather all year round. And it's kind of like a, a, a hidden oasis here in Canada. But it's a treacherous drive to get down to the coast because you're going through mountains and it's a three and a half hour switchback constant drive. And I remember I had gone in to do an audition and done my thing and I was on my way back home and probably an hour and a half into it and I was just getting to the mountains I, I was almost out of cell reception and my phone rang and it was my agent saying you've got a call back they want you to come back now and it wasn't a very big role in fact it didn't even have any lines in it but I was I, my agent was really good and had negotiated me um, double principal which means that Normally, if you don't have lines, you're SOC, or you might be an actor, and it's it's the lowest pay grade. And then you're a principal performer. So she had uh, negotiated a higher rate for me, and then twice the pay. So I was getting paid two times the amount that a principal performer would do for what was really a glorified extra role. And she's like, well, you got to come back. And so she's done a very big thing for me. And my heart went, oh, do I have to? And as soon as I realized that, as soon as I was like disconnected from what millions of people dream and aspire to, I was a working actor and I was doing good money. I made enough money that I was able to pay for myself to go back to school. You know, I had savings. Not a lot of actors have savings. I had savings. <laughs> and I was able to I look in that moment and go, you need a break. Whether you full out quit or just hit pause, You this can't be your reaction to somebody saying that they like you and they want to come back and see you again. And uh, so I went and I did the callback, got the role, by the way, uh, filmed it, and then I told my agent, I said, look, I've got to take a break. And she said, okay. And I, I kind of looked around for schooling and, and invest. I decided I wanted to invest in myself and uh, because I could always, I could always say that I had an education right? Acting I'd already done. I had 19 years of it, um, but I hadn't gotten an education at that point. And it was one of those things where I felt it was important. It was a high value set for me. And I wanted to say this was something that I accomplished. Wow. I, I love it. Um, it happens in the corporate world too. You know, sometimes we get into careers that we love at first. And then as we get our talents get different our strengths move we develop different things things change the average millennial changes jobs every three years so you know in, in the united states so I, I i we totally can uh take that example and use it into the real world so let me ask you this um how do people get stay in touch with you and what have you got going on i know you said you had a man of multiple hats so kind of want to give you the opportunity well, uh, anybody who wants to know more about safety, first of all, I would encourage them to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, Sean Tyler Foley is the best way to get it. I go by Tyler. So if you are reaching out to me on LinkedIn, please say Tyler, because if you say Sean, I'm going to instantly know you're a bot. Um, <laughs> so uh, reach out, just say Tyler, I'm curious to know about safety. If anybody wants to know just the whole general scope of who I am and what I do, easiest thing to do is to go to my website, SeanTylerFoley.com, and uh, Sean is spelled the proper Irish way, S-E-A-N, 
T-Y-L-E-R-F-O-L-E-Y.com. And I have all, all of the, every resource to reach me, whether it's safety or public speaking or the speaker training, um, all of those things are available on that website. And so LinkedIn or the website are probably the best ways to get me. It's awesome that you're, you're using your talents and multiple, multiple different things. So I, I appreciate that. Um, so definitely check out, um, Tyler's work there. We did have one question that came in, so I wanted to make sure to get to this. Um, it yes. says, yeah, it, says, it comes from a student. It says, was your engineering degree necessary for the career that you have now, and how are you applying it to the real world? Yes and no. Um, what I do now has absolutely nothing to do with my degree, but my degree was critical in setting me up to be able to do what I do. So first of all, I needed to be able to really understand systems thinking, which the engineering degree helped. I also needed to understand how to speak technically, because there is a real art to it when you're having to communicate uh, technical information, particularly in safety and having to do it to a broad audience. So um, my schooling really helped me with that to be able to break down technical information and speak on technical terms and then in speak in layman's terms and be able to be that bridge and that communicator. Uh, so I, I was definitely um, needed it. And because I used my degree to set up my first company and find a, an incredible mentor who helped me with that, um, it set me up for success. And so uh, do I actually use the degree now? No, ironically, I, um, I, my certificate that I use, uh, is more prevalent than what I use my degree for. Um, but it was a necessary building block for me to go forward. Makes complete sense. Um, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing Tyler. This interview has been very fascinating. Um, we know you're a very busy professional. Obviously you said you wear multiple hats, we really do appreciate you coming on, being a part of the Career Library, sharing your experiences and your useful knowledge with our audience. Um, and we, we just greatly appreciate your time. Well, it was a joy and a pleasure to be here. And if there's any way I can be of service, anybody can reach out to me at any time. Thank you so much. And guys, until next time, stay safe and we will join you soon. Take care.